Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with Part 3 of this study on the spiritual gifts to the church. Preached October 30th, 2011. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 8. Let's turn to Romans 12, and I pray that you will pay attention. Because theology is not easy for lazy people. You must exercise mind. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. We want to speak from verse 8. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So number four, one who exhorts, encourages, let him encourage. An exhorter is one who encourages people with the short pointed messages as spirit directs to meet the need of the church. We all need encouragement. We get easily discouraged as we face trials and persecutions. The scripture gives us encouragement. Not politics. Not psychology. Not philosophy. Not science. Nothing in this world can encourage us. It is God who will encourage us by his word. So we read in Romans 15 verse 4. For everything that was written in the past. Was written to teach us. That through endurance. And the encouragement of the scriptures. We might have hope. Encouragement, paraclesis. That sounds like paraclete. That is right. One who stands by our side to help us. If you then want to be an encourager, an exhorter, you need to know the scripture. Because encouragement is found in the scripture. If you are empty headed. And lazy. And if you do not read the Bible. To understand it. And if you yourself refuse to be encouraged by the scripture. You cannot encourage anybody. Encouragement is found in the holy scriptures. Scripture comforts. Holy Spirit is called another comforter, counselor, 
defense attorney. So John 14, 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter, counselor, to be with you forever. Or you read recently, when you are brought before synagogues, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. So St. Peter was brought to the Sanhedrin. Acts 4 verse 8 Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit immediately filled him. Said to them rulers and elders of the people. And this Holy Spirit is with us forever. And even when you sin and stumble and fall. The Holy Spirit is with you. He grieves. And he helps you, convicts you of your sin. And he tells you to repent. And he picks you up. Holy Spirit gives us comfort by directing our mind to scripture. And the Bible says Jesus also is comforter. I will give you another comforter means Jesus is the first comfort. And in 1 John chapter 2 verse 1 we read my dear children I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin we have one who speaks to the father in our defense Jesus Christ the righteous one. The one who speaks to the father is what? Paraclete. Jesus Christ is the paraclete. God the Father also is comforter. Second Corinthians 1, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and God of all comfort. Who comforts us in all our troubles. So that we can comfort those in any trouble. With the comfort we ourselves have received from God. I said I was disappointed and discouraged. And I was sitting in the kitchen in India. And my mother looked at me. And said... The Lord will take care of you. And the word came into me. And I was strengthened. And never doubted that matter again. In life and in death. Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Comforts us especially through the scripture. And through the ministry of those who have the gift of encouragement this comforting ministry also takes place when God's people especially leaders counsel you to solve your various problems T. 
teaching is directed to the mind. Exhortation, encouragement is especially aimed to the heart, to the conscience, to the will. The apostles gave Joseph, a Levite, the name Barnabas, son of encouragement because he was an encourager. He encouraged Paul when he came to Jerusalem as a believer in Jesus when nobody trusted the new convert. Barnabas did and encouraged him. It was the custom in the synagogue worship to invite someone to speak a word of comfort from the scripture that was read. And so Jesus went to the synagogue in Nazareth. There he was asked to give a word of comfort. From the text, Luke four seventeen through 21. So he read this. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Which means today in me salvation has come for you. Freedom has come to you. Comfort, sir comfort and Saint Paul arrived at Pisidian Antioch in his first missionary journey and Paul was asked to give a word of comfort Acts thirteen fifteen. after the reading from the law and the prophets the synagogue rulers sent word to them saying brothers if you have a message of encouragement For the people, please speak. And St. Paul preached the gospel. And we read, When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. Friends, every time you gather together in this place, we bring you a word of comfort. Encouragement for those who want it. If scripture is the medium of comfort. And God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit comfort us through the scripture. The church where the word is not preached. Is a dark, hopeless, godless and miserable place indeed. Go therefore only where the word is preached that you may be truly encouraged and not be depressed. And then we are told if your ministry is contributing or 
correctly sharing. That is the Greek word. Let him do so with singleness of purpose, without ulterior motive, or another way of seeing it generously. In this church there was a dying black young man. His kidneys were not functioning. And Holy Spirit guided a white godly sister in the Lord to share one of her good kidneys to him. As a result, the young man is now living. That is sharing. This is speaking of one who shares under Spirit's guidance one's own resources for the benefit of the poor, the needy. He does this sharing without ulterior motive and with generosity. As a boy, I saw my father sitting down to eat his supper. Then suddenly, the Holy Spirit brought to his mind a believer friend of his that he had nothing to eat. He immediately took his supper and walked a mile and gave it to his friend. My father was so happy that he could share. So we read John the Baptist telling the people who came to receive baptism. John answered, the man with the two tunics should share with him who has none. And the one who has food should do the same. Luke 6.38 Give and it shall be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will be poured out into your lap. This is called divine passive. That God will pour it into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Acts 2.45, selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he needed. Acts 4.36 and 37, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. As he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. I tell you the truth, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all others. Generosity. Second Corinthians 8.2 Out of the most severe trial. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. First Timothy six seventeen through nineteen command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment command them to do good to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share 
First John 3:16 and 17. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? James 2:16 and 17 if one of you says to him go i wish you well keep warm and well fed but does nothing about his physical needs what good is it every spiritual gift is exercised by love and humility and faith not love or spiritual gifts the reformed world says what Forget about spiritual gifts. Let us study 1 Corinthians 13. Love. It is not love or spiritual gifts. It is love and spiritual gifts. You exercise a spiritual gifts in love. And this we do in this church. Number six, leadership. Very important in this country where have all the men gone from the 60s on you don't find men you find pathetically passive men the rise of feminism and going down of men if it is leadership let him govern diligently Ho pro istaminos, the one who stands before people, which is related to Kubernetes in First Corinthians twelve twenty eight, gifts of governing. Some people have it. The church has great need for leadership. She needs people who can rule. Solomon asked for wisdom to rule the people of God and God gave him, we read, wisdom and knowledge to govern. A leader needs what? Wisdom and knowledge to govern. If your gift is governing, let him do in spude. Diligently, vigilantly, earnestly, not negligently, being always watchful. Knowing what to do and when to do. Not weeping and groaning and all the misery. And do nothing. Cannot command, cannot rule, cannot govern. And if you are a father, you have a right to go to God. God, I am a father. Give me the gift of rulership. I'm a husband. Give me the gift of rulership. And he will give you. He will give you a spine. A divine spine that you stand up and say something. He must govern with eagerness. It is a very heavy responsibility to govern. And most men do not. First Timothy 3 tells us you cannot be a pastor or an elder if you fail to rule, govern, manage your family. 
If you fail to manage your family, you will mismanage the church, the family of God. And your kids should not be wild and unbelieving, but believing. Manage. If you don't manage your family, it will be like an unbound book. Sheets flying off. Confusion, chaos. Nobody listens to anybody. Bad leadership destroys family, church, business, and the nation. First Timothy 5.12 Now we ask you brothers to respect those who work hard among you. Managing his hard work. Who are over you in the Lord. And who admonish you. Leadership. Admonish. They are over you. Appointed by God. First Timothy 5.17 The elders who direct the affairs of the church well. Are worthy of double honor. Especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. Acts 20 verse 28. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. Who appointed pastor sir? The Holy Spirit. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you. And the Lord Jesus Christ gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. The Lord gave as a gift to the church. Not for you to despise. But to prepare God's people for works of service. Through the word preaching. So that the body of Christ may be built up. That you may grow up. Simply put. No more infallible offices of apostle, prophets, etc. The office of pastor, teacher continues in the church. Their job is to interpret correctly by the power of the Holy Spirit the canon of scriptures and apply them to the life of the church. Their job is to govern the church according to the word of God. So we read Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Watchmen. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no advantage for you. It's a litotus. That means what, sir? It will be great disadvantage. It will be big trouble for you. To the elders among you, First Peter 5, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering. So he didn't say he's a pope. What did he say? A fellow elder. 
Pope idea is a lie. It is scripturally inaccurate and historically inaccurate. In fact, the letter to the Romans is written to Rome and no Pope was there. It's a lie. People want authority, but they don't want directly from Christ. I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who will also share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not loading it over those entrusted to you. Oh, so you are under me. I'm over you. You are entrusted to me. That's what it says. But being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Number seven. He who shows mercy, let him do so. With cheerfulness. God has shown mercy to us. And saved us from eternal death. So we read because of his great love for us. God who is rich in mercy. Made us alive. Made us alive. Romans 9. Verse 18 and 23. Therefore God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy. And he hardens whom he wants to harden. And verse 23. What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy? You didn't deserve anything. Romans 11. Beginning with verse 30. Just as you who were at one time disobedient to God. Have now received mercy. And as a result of their disobedience. So they too have now become disobedient. In order that they too may now receive mercy. As a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound all men over to disobedience. So that he may have Mercy on them all. Romans 12 and verse 1. Therefore I urge you brothers in view of God's mercies. Plural. Mercies. We were shown mercy therefore we must show mercy. We are to show mercy freely and voluntarily as led by the spirit. Show mercy especially to the household of faith. Show mercy toward the poor, sick, orphans, widows, aliens, elderly, disabled, and dying. In this church, we do show mercy as the scripture teaches, including caring for the sick and dying. We show mercy not grudgingly, not with a downcast attitude. Not with a grim determination to get through an unpleasant task. But with cheerfulness, with radiant joy. 
in view of God's mercy to us. We remember the basis of all spiritual gifts ministries is grace and mercy to us. So chapter 12 verse 3 it says for by the grace given me verse 6 we have different gifts according to the grace given us. And 1 Peter 4.10 Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its multifaceted form. Listen to what Jesus said. Matthew 25.34-40 Then the king will say to those on his right Come you who are blessed Blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was naked, that is, you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it to me. When you show mercy to a believer, you show mercy to Jesus himself. Good works do not earn salvation, but the saved proves their salvation by good works. Grace is the basis for all spiritual gifts. Number two. It is the triune God who distributes every spiritual gift. Number three. Spiritual gifts are necessary to meet the many needs of the church. Number four. So spiritual gifts will continue to operate until the return of Christ in glory to usher us from a state of imperfection to perfection. Number five. Every true believer receives at least one spiritual gift for him to minister to the church. Number six, one man ministry is unscriptural. The pastor doing everything. It is absolutely false. Number seven, the church grows to maturity only when each believer serves the community diligently with his spiritual gift which every believer is to know what your spiritual gift is by sober thinking Ephesians 4 7 but to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it 
Ephesians 4:16 from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work it's not the one man ministry everyone is involved in the building up of Christ church by receiving grace from the head Christ and every member is using it to build other people up and I think this church is the model for such a church and it exists in the whole world where people can come and see how this church functions Heavenly Father we pray that you help us to pay attention to what we have heard and help us to know our spiritual gifts and function in it for the building up of the church. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.